Boo. Whoa, I'm getting lots of static. How about now? Ah, there you are. There we go. Okay, cool. Let me. You check were sounding like a Silent Hill game for a second there. <laughs> Basically. Welcome to episode number 148 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about, what else, video games. My name is Cole Ross, and I am your host, and I am joined via Skype today by... Dennis Furia. And a muffled Ben Merkel. Yes, Ben Merkel is on his laptop mi- microphone um, in, a, in, a, in a very internet-poor area. So uh, we're going to have to uh, tolerate the muffled sound. Going to do what we can in post to clean him up, but he is here, he is present, and he will be contributing. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us despite the difficulties, Ben. Uh, what do we have in store for you here today? We're going to be talking about what, what, what we've been playing. I hope you guys have brought your uh, your homework because I have not. Um, <laughs> and then we're probably going to talk, you know, do a little bit of talking about, uh, what's on our mind at the end there. Uh, but first, uh, this, this is by request from Ben. Uh, we're going to do a, what are we drinking? Well, yeah, I, I was asking to do it before the show, I didn't, but I'm really excited about this. It's the first, uh, hoppin' frog beer that I've drank before. Um, it's called Boris and it stands for Bodacious Oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> have you, Cole? Have you had a hoppin' frog beer before? No, I have not. But it sounds like a uh, sounds like something I would be into. They do. Uh, they only do uh, like larger size bottles. They don't do six packs or anything. But uh, they have them at parties or and apparently the pumpkin ale too. But I didn't know this until recently. They're from Akron, Ohio. Really? Yeah. You you think I would know all about the local breweries, but I do. I not. know. Huh. Do they do the uh, the dragon's Gen. milk? Is that uh, is that the one of the ones they do? That's New Holland. Okay, and that tastes like alcohol. That <laughs> has to be beer, <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to the, to the other way around. Opposed to a duel, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I mean, how is it? How is the how is the Boris? It it tastes very good. It's probably one of the best Russian imperial stuff I've had. I'm not a huge Russian imperial style kind of guy. So, <laughs> yeah, was that is that like old Rasputin? Is that uh, would that be a Russian imperial? Yes, yeah. Okay. So it's better than old Rasputin. Okay, cool. also by New Holland. <laughs> I'm like a savant for new 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 Holland beers, I guess. Uh, how about how about you, Dennis? What's up? So we had Mexican food tonight, and uh, I am continuing that theme with margarita. <laughs> uh, I had some had some with dinner. It's just it's just you know, crappy Kroger pre made margarita mix, but Kroger brand uh, had some yeah, Kroger brand margarita. No, I don't even know what kind I'm drinking. It's it's margarita, so I think the intent is to get to the point where you don't know what you're drinking as quickly as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, so Mexican food had some margarita, and I'm continuing that theme. Neat. And uh, I I have to comment like you know it's it's margarita. It's good. Um, but margarita, I'm drinking it from a margarita glass. We got some as like a present for, for our, our wedding, and they they are designed to be the most frustrating objects in the world. Like they're you know they're very wide and shallow, which means every slight tilt that you make is magnified by a hundred degrees. Yeah. Uh, so, just getting to the room with a full margarita gra- <laughs> uh, glass to to podcast was like an epic journey of balance. Is it is it like the uh, is it like Garth's uh, drink from Wayne's World when he's at the table and it's got like the the, the tropical forest inside of it? Yeah, basically. Okay. That's, uh, if if you could see, I, I think that's probably the best description. You can <laughs> the, the most apt apt comparison. Yes, and, and when you're going when you're when you're going for your second glass of margarita, trying to walk that across the room, balance is not necessarily your strong suit. Well, that's that how point, they know when so. to cut you off. I guess that's right. Salt <laughs> it's, it's like a self. <laughs> self cut off mechanism once you once you can't keep any in your glass you probably shouldn't drink anymore so salt or no salt no salt okay no salt i don't like the salt either no salt when you go to a, when you go to a restaurant frozen or unfrozen oh frozen definitely it's oh. it's unfrozen right now come on i'm a frozen man you're a frozen man oh, yeah. come on we can agree on the salt though i okay. i always kind of will drink around the salt yeah yeah i always no, just I just say no salt 
No, no yeah. salt before. I, I usually don't get that option. They usually just kind of assume. Just no salt? Sans, yeah, no, sans. They, they assume salt. So oh. I, I wonder if I look like a salty kind of guy, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I'm just drinking seltzer. Yeah. I'm just I'm just drinking I'm just drinking my my, my soda stream seltzer. It's what I do. <sighs> Tasty. Mm, so good. Just plain soda water. Love it. Which is it's it's so funny. Like that sounds so weird, but from spending a little bit of time in Europe, that's like everywhere. That's oh, normal. Yeah. No, no, it's uh Am I'm, I I'm going I'm going full continental. I've got I've got I've got a soda stream and a bidet. They're, they're right <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> so, Oh man. Um so yeah, let's uh let's let's get going. Let's talk about what, we, what we've been playing cuz I'm uh, cuz I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about hear what, hear, hear what you guys have been doing, what you've been up to. Uh so who has been uh it's been longest for you, Ben. Let's yeah. uh let's get started with you. Okay. I beat Skyrim. You you beat it a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I beat it when I was still in Alabama and that was at least one moon ago. So. <laughs> at least one moon. <laughs> Not many moons ago, but at least one. Um, yeah, no, I beat it. Yeah, so I beat the main storyline. I finally buckled down and beat that. Um, but also, the reason why I beat the main storyline was because I had beat most of the side missions by that by that point. Um, so yeah, um, unfulfilling ending. The last mission is not that great. Uh, and I kind of feel uh, a little bit of regret for investing that much time in the game. Really? Oh no. Uh, I mean, you know, there there were some good points in the game. There were some fun parts, but uh, I don't know. Just the format of the game, how they're committed to almost like a, a Half Life esque uh, of always being in the first person perspective, or I guess third person if you if you press the R two button. Um, just always being in that. There's no, you know, cinematics at all. Um, the only uh, sort of story progression comes from computer characters standing in front of you and talking to one another. Sometimes talking over one another, and so, <laughs> and so that can that can sometimes limit their ability of uh, crafting a good a good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a, I don't know what the right word is here, but a compelling, compelling? Uh, storyline. I mean, they have good writing and everything, but it, the way that they uh, put across the story is, I don't know, not not the most effective way, I guess. See, but I, I, I didn't I didn't hear that complaint from anybody when, when we were playing Fallout, is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it, I mean, it's similar to Fallout. Again, it's, for me, it's the whole uh, fantasy versus sci-fi issue, I guess. I can take a sci-fi game seriously, it's hard to take a fantasy game seriously. Huh. And so... Which is interesting because because Fallout distinctly, like, doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, uh... <laughs> I don't have a coherent review or a justifiably rational review, but... I don't know. No, you, uh, you 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 have your reasons. I mean, this is this is something we talked about on the, on the last episode. But I mean, do do you, do you generally find that um, that uh, an unsatisfying or poor ending will spoil the entire experience for you? In this case, I do. Okay. Um, I don't know if I huh. felt that way before, but I mean, typically I'm pretty lenient with endings. I feel like um, I feel like yeah, I feel like it's hard for an ending of a game to ruin the game, but like. I had absolutely no care about the last mission of uh, of uh, Skyrim, and it was like I won't I won't give away you know what you're doing or anything, but the characters you're fighting with you just met like oh, in that, that mission, you know, and like there's no you know when I think of like Valve games where you think of like boss fights that the entire game has build, been building towards. This is the exact opposite of that, where it's like, uh, you know, it's uh, a problem that has just arisen in that mission, and you're settling it. And, and the, the game. They Final Fantasy you. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So does Final Fantasy do that often? I've only I've only played the the jacked boss fight at the end of Final Fantasy X, and at least that <laughs> was at least we're building towards that one. 
the the just with with, mo- with most JRPGs, it's it's a matter of like, oh, I'm gonna go fight this big bad guy, like, but oh no, there's this more evil force behind him the whole time, and I'm gonna fight it, and then there we go, and then oh. that, that that's that, that's the way that it shakes out. That's actually how they rate how Japanese a, a JRPG is: is how many layers of bosses there are at the end. <laughs> Who's controlling who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So unfortunately, yeah, it's kind of a a bittersweet ending, or just maybe just a bitter ending for <laughs> Skyrim. Um, well, let me. Can I can I ask you a question about it? Absolutely. You said you had beaten all of the side quests um, by the time you had done the ending, right? I had beaten many of the side quests. I'm pretty sure that I had done all but a couple of the Daedra missions. I'd gone through the Assassin's Guild, gone through the Thieves' Guild, gone through the Champions, gone through the Mage Guild. So what what I've heard people say is it's so great at the end of the game, quote-unquote, end of the game, that they don't waste any time with credits and they just drop you right back into the action so you can go keep on doing missions. And so I'm kind of curious. They they kind of intentionally made it an anti-climax and um, didn't didn't put too much focus on the end of the main story, on the assumption that you would have so much else that you want to get to that you wouldn't want to spend too much time on it. It sounds like you might have, you know, already put in the time on anything else, and we're finally ready to cash in on the ending. Uh, and yet it's designed for someone who just wants to get through the story as fast as possible so they can screw around, you know? Well, I mean, my question to them then is, like, what's the point of the main quest, you know? <laughs> like, you know, what does it serve to do? Was it was it then just a distraction from the other quest that we, you know, people to do? Well, I would treat it like the, like, like, in, like an equal. To, 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 to the rest of it because why do you why do you do any 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 of the other quests you know eight you know for something to do but you're chasing after the re- the rewards right I mean you do the assassins guild quest because well a they're written really well but you know but b you know that you're, you're gonna get some armor that lets you do assassiny type things you know just does uh, and the reward from at least from what I've played so you know so far you know more than I do but the rewards that you get from the main quest are it's more shouts right like that's where you get the majority of your uh, of your dragon type stuff. Um. Yeah. 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 So I just that, that that's the way that I would treat it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Calling it the the main quest assigns more importance to it than than I think it probably deserves. Yeah, they should have perhaps spent more time on the main quest because yeah, there there were some really great moments in the danger missions and in the assassins guild quest and in the thieves guild quest. How many hours did you put into it? I don't know. I don't want to know either. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Can I ask how many days out of the week you played it? Well, I played it a lot in Huntsville, but it was it was one of those things where uh, I would play it for a little bit, and then when David was about to get home, I was like, oh, I need to start studying so I don't feel like a waste. And then I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gives me great insight. But that wasn't that wasn't every day. That was only you know some days. Yeah, that was only some some days. I got you. Huh? So I mean, what's 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 next for you? I mean, you, I know that you 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 treat games like projects. So I mean, what's uh where where do you move into now? I don't. You know, I I want to play Mass Effect three, but I'm not going to do that until I can play Mass Effect one again and Mass Effect two again. And I'm not going to do that until I either download it on my computer, which I don't know if it'll be able to run or not, or until I get a 360, which I don't know if I want to do. <laughs> so uncertain. Especially because they've already officially announced the 720, right? Or at least that is officially a thing. They, they've, I mean, we know it's a thing. We, we, we know the, we know the uh, what are we talking about, the code name of it, but we don't know what, like, actually what it is. Durango, yeah. right? Yeah, Durango. It sounds like a flavor of Doritos. It sounds like it sounds like a, a truck. <laughs> Cannonero, Cannonero. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand. So you want to go through the whole the the, the whole uh, the whole thing? Yeah, I would like to. You know, I would check. I would I would look at the specs honestly. Um, See if see if it'll run because I I think that when when, when did you 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 got you, you got yeah you got your computer when you graduated college? Yeah, I got it uh, last 
uh, August or so. Is it a, is it a, it's a laptop? Yep. Okay. It's a laptop. I'd, I'd, I'd look, I mean, I, I think that they're going to be pretty reasonable. Okay. Oh, there's a great website called like willitrun.com or I, I think if you search for will it run, it's the first uh, result. Um, but it's it's great because you just select the game and hit go and it'll show you exactly what you need to, to run the game and whether or not your computer me- measures up. Okay. And the, what what you're looking for is systemrequirementslab.com. That thing that he just said. I will make a note. Yes. Can you run it? Can my computer run it? No, because it's, it's a Mac. <laughs> um, what, what I can say, Ben, um, che- at least check Mass Effect 1 and 2, and then you can always uh, take your save over to a nicer computer. Okay. And see. You know, it's, it's probably not going to look pretty, but I can I can definitely understand your your, your desire, your want to uh, to experience the entire saga. That's... Uh, that is laudable, I would say. I might expect, well, I mean, uh, well, right, right. no, you want to care, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, what sucks is I've already played both Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two, and I've made you know, my choices. So it kind of sucks that I have to go back and do that again. Now, now when you when Honestly, you when you made your choices, did you just do what you would have done anyway, or, or were you? playing a character i yeah I, I mean i would have done what i would have done yeah okay so it shouldn't be a problem you just do it again what i would say is you know the the at least in mass effect 2 for ps3 they did a really good job uh with the with the opening i guess i'll call it a cinematic but the opening graphic novel or whatever you want to call it of kind of giving you all the big choices again so if you can remember the choices you made um at each of those key points um, it should be easy for you to kind of recreate, quote unquote, your your save file. Uh, I'm not. Do all versions of Mass Effect Three now have the uh, the kind of intro for people who haven't played the previous two games? Mass Effect Three does not have that. Mass Effect Two, even if you buy, you, like, you can download that visual novel on on Xbox now. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I know, I so that, thing, but just PS3, it, where you do just Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three. I would say if, if that's all that's keeping you from playing Mass Effect Three, like go, go out and get Mass Effect Two on PS3 for like fourteen dollars somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. you know do that because the the choices that you make in that opening and, the, and that opening you know intro kind of kind of thing, you know it's it's the, it's the big stuff. So whether whether or not you keep Ashley or Caden, whether or not Rex lives, and like whether or not you save the Rachni, like the, the, the those 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 are the big ones. Okay. Um, and then it, like it also determines your. Uh, your 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 starting alignment, so. But just random random question. Good. Uh, I chose uh, on my playthrough of Mass Effect Two, which I have yet to complete. Um, I chose to eliminate the Rechni, I, I believe. Um, how drastically does that alter your experience in Mass Effect Two? Um, in Mass Effect Two, it does not. Mass Effect Three, it might be uh, might be a problem. Hmm. There are decisions that I made in Mass Effect 1 that are coming back to bite me in the ass right now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so so we'll see. No, I would say do that. I mean, put Mass Effect 2 on easy, play through it, beat it, you know, beat it again. It gives you good context for the story and go right into Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect uh, 3. Get the DLC. No, do you treat it like this. You know, get through the, get through the main game. Ben, and then and then buy all the DLC, um, and uh, play that stuff. Get ready for it, and then go into the go into the last one hot. Okay. Yeah. You want me to come in hot? Go. Yeah, come in in hot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Did you have anything else you were playing, Ben? Um, other than that, I've just been playing uh, Plants vs Zombies as like a time killer, essentially. So, do you uh, have an iPad now? I do not. Okay. I do not. You've been, so you've been playing it on your laptop then? Yeah. Okay, cool. But, uh, I mean, that's a very charming game. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. But I think I've already been talked about it. So. Yeah, we've all talked about it to, to varying degrees. So. Yeah. That's old news. Oh, yes, it is. But it's good news. Anyway, I want PopCap to come out with a sequel very badly. There are like 15 Bejeweled games and only one Plants vs. Zombies. Where's the justice in that? <laughs> 
Uh, well, I'll go because I don't have a lot. Um, I've been in and out of hotels for the past <laughs> for the past two weeks, and uh, right now I'm packing up all my stuff, so I haven't like had my you know consoles out, you know, because I'm going to be you know moving. In, in fact, the day that this comes out, I will be in the process of moving. Um, so, hello, future people. It's me being miserable with all my stuff in a truck, worried that it's going to break. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I've I've mostly just been playing the uh, the last window, that uh, that DS game that I imported from Europe, which ah, is yes. yeah that that's that that sequel to uh, to Hotel Dusk. Um, I don't really think that there think that there's any more to say about that. I mean, I could go on a prolonged rant, uh, you know, bemoaning the lack of visual novels in America, despite the fact that it's the most prevalent, uh, it's the most prevalent genre in Japan neglecting the fact that most of the ones that come out in Japan are pornographic and awful. Um, but we, you know, we, we mostly have all the good ones, uh, but man, it's so good. Like the story is like a film noir kind of thing. It's uh, it's, it's great. I like it a lot. Um, if you are of the adventure gaming persuasion, uh, it is definitely, definitely worth the import, especially if we do it on, uh, on Amazon because they don't charge you shipping or anything like that. They just send it to you. It's great. You get it. It's a, it's in a different kind of case. Like they have different DS cases over there. You mean just the art were actually like physically different? Like physically different. It's like thicker. Huh. It's like bigger. It's a bigger case. They care less about the environment over there. I suppose. Which is, which is counterintuitive. <laughs> Who knew that we'd be more forward thinking in our DS game packaging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the only other thing that I've been playing has been uh, Planescape Torment. But that is for a, uh, that is for a different podcast. So. Is, that the, is that the really long one? That like... Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's super long. Soup's long. Um, but How it's, long? uh, it's about 50 hours. I mean, you know, if, which if you're just playing a game is fine, but if you're, if you're playing it on a deadline, then it becomes a, then it becomes a problem. It's really good. I mean, it, it, it's worth the, the, the $10 that you would, that you would pay for it on good old games. You know, it's definitely, I would, I would consider it, you know, even now being, you know, one third into it to be a must play. Uh, just because, again, it's a visual novel. I mean, it it it, it looks and acts like a uh, like a computer role playing game. You know, like Baldur's Gate. Uh, it runs in the same engine as Baldur's Gate and uh, Icewind Dale, um, and all of those. Um, you know, all of those old Bioware games. It plays a lot like a Bioware game, but combat is really, really de-emphasized, um, and it's really more focused on making character choices and um, kind of the bizarre world building. And uh, so much text. I think there's like three novels worth of text in the game. I think uh, what's his name? Bissell? Did he, he? I think he talked about the, about that in Extra Lives. It's possible he did. But um, I think he might have. I I need to go back and revisit that book. It's been it's been sitting on my shelf since I read it. Yeah. Um, and I just remember every time I went through a chapter of that book, it was just like a, a revelation. <laughs> and then he wouldn't play the game that he talked about. I liked yeah. how I liked how he talked about how he got addicted to Coke at the end. Um, <laughs> the, the best game. <laughs> the best game. <laughs> he was talking. No, that was that was. I mean, it was it was really like you know confessional. He was like, yeah, I was, I I didn't have a job. I was addicted to cocaine, and I was playing Grand Theft Auto Four. <laughs> yep. It was great. It was, it was great. It's kind of like, cause, because you read it and the entire time he's talking about, you know, you, you, you picture him as being this, you know, really studious scholarly guy. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was living in squalor, addicted, you know, addicted to cocaine and chewing tobacco and playing Grand Theft Auto four. It's like, whoa, kind of, uh, <laughs> humanized yourself at the end there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I've been playing. I, I'm just stalling for time. Continue. Do, uh, do you know for sure if he played, um, Planescape or, is I did. That, is that a? I did a. I did a search, but I think he mentioned he mentioned it like offhand, like in talking about, okay. uh, in talking about the amount of text. Like he was talking about, like I, I think he was like in the Mass Effect chapter. He was talking about games as text and just how many novels oh, worth of text okay. go into various games. And he mentioned it like offhand. So that's the that, that's where I figured you would know it from because I was the one who borrowed the book from you. Gosh, Jeez, man, okay. You so he didn't he didn't dedicate a chapter to it. No, I, no. I was like, oh man. I must have like blanked yeah. on that one. No, no, you he didn't. You, okay. Yeah, you didn't sleep on it. 
So, I mean, by the, the way, we haven't talked about that since for like years, but go, go buy and read that book, Extra Lives by Tom Bissell. It's really good. Still relevant, even if the games are a little bit old now. So, yeah, that's my suggestion. If you have a, if you have a PC that, uh, you know, can, can run anything at all ever, go download uh, Planescape Torment. It's worth your $10. Play it, uh, buy it, love it. Talk about it on Watch Out for Fireballs, the other podcast that I do. Um, yeah, so that uh, is my is my stuff. The last window, buy it, Planescape, buy it, read stuff, and and the guys are playing games, uh, play stuff in the guise of reading books, all that good stuff. How about you, Dennis? What's up? Um, I, I think I've got I've got three things to talk about, and I'll save the best for last. Um, <laughs> the first one is really just kind of a, a quick touch on. I'm still playing SSX. It's still awesome. Um, I I think it's really cool. I, I went on Facebook. And they they allow you to enter your your PSN ID or your gamer tag, um, and kind of classify what country you're from and what how serious you are. So there's like you know casual writer, um, all the way up to hardcore shredder. I think is the highest bracket. And so you, you can use that to find other people to friend and play with. Uh, and so I went through and I I just added everyone from that list. Um, there's probably like. Uh, 60 or so names and of those maybe 20 of them have responded to my friend request um and it makes the game so much more addicting that every single track every single time i ride down a drop um it has the person closest to me in score like just above me in score showing me you know what i need to beat and so it's got that real geometry wars-esque um just gotta beat them you know beat the next guy (laughs) Uh, feel to it. And so as if this game weren't addicting enough reference the past three times I've talked about it. Um, now there's a whole new layer sucking me in. Do they, do they uh, bring in ghost data for that? They do. And actually now that you mentioned, I, I will complain about that. So <laughs> it's really, really cool to have a target score to beat. That's always just ahead of you. And even then it's really, really cool to be able to see the line that your, your friend has taken that your rival, I should say, has taken. And, um, you know, reference previous episodes on on how much this game is about finding the right line and then executing it well. Um, however, I feel like they were a little too generous with overlapping the ghost with your character. Because um, now that I have this ghost data, you know, there there are many drops where the first drop, uh, the first jump is kind of right in front of you, so everyone jumps off it. And your your uh, character is kind of layered on top of your rival's ghost for the first 10 seconds of play just because everyone goes off this one jump. Yeah. And that can make it kind of hard to orient yourself when you're trying to get, you know, uh, you know, six flips into a jump that's really only meant for four. You really need to be aware of how your character is oriented and you can't really tell when this ghost is on top of it doing rotations um, in a different direction, you know, it gets a little confusing. So it'd be good if they, if they faded the ghost out of you're within a certain number of feet of it. Yeah. And the weird thing is they do that with the computer ghosts. So like for the ghosts that you, that give you the metals that are loaded onto the disc, it does that. But for your friend's ghosts, it doesn't. And it makes absolutely no sense to me. So, uh, you know, go figure, but, but certainly having that, that, um, immediately accessible target to beat. And, and most of the scores that your friends have are higher than the gold medal. Um, so it's like, you know, gold medal plus uh, <laughs> and on out uh, is, is just incredibly addicting. Huh. Instant motivation, right? Yes, instant motivation. And instant, instant um, incentive to try different things. Because like I said, you kind of figure out your line and, and that's, you know, the way you do uh, a drop. Um, but being able to see all these different ghosts going all these different directions kind of gives you ideas. Maybe this one I'll, I'll follow, uh, you know, this other guy. Or I, I messed up my my line on this drop, but I can see the the trail of another ghost. So I'll just go off in that direction. Hey, it turns out to be better. So it's I, I hesitate to call it this mode of exploration or this this dimension of exploration, but that's kind of what it is: is exploring these levels. Not in the sense of, um, you know, trying to see every nook and cranny, but kind of taking all the the roads less less traveled by mm-hmm. uh, as you as you search for that ideal line. So yeah, 
it's uh, it's still fun stuff, and I I imagine that's one that I'm just gonna have to shut up about on this show because I I, <laughs> I don't see myself uh, being done playing it anytime soon, and it's really the same crap over and over again, right? <laughs> you start at the top and try to go really fast or pull a whole bunch of tricks before you get to the bottom, the end. Uh, so speaking of stuff that we need to shut up about mm. just I, I can't help but think mm. about uh dark souls in relation to that oh go ahead <laughs> no no just uh just that um how well, you play demon souls so you know how they work in the ghosting mm. and stuff like that but uh just the 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 idea of proximity and the idea of like being able to watch how other people die and uh just if yes. some if somebody if somebody is in spirit form nearby you just that, that that sense of asynchronous play you know that's that's something that you really only see done and done really well in iOS you know where it's like i do something then you do something you know shit with friends yeah. uh, you know <laughs> but uh but seeing it done like that you know the geometry wars the uh the burnout uh, paradise you know the the asynchronous you know multiplayer like hey beat hey beat my score that is definitely something that is that that is great because that acknowledges people like me who are not willing to make an appointment to play uh you know a game online with friends or or oh, yeah. or are unable to which is why I haven't beaten Final Fantasy or which is why I haven't beaten Resident Evil Five <laughs> <laughs> which really co op is the only way to play that game yeah so good co op. I, I will say just just a thought specifically on the racing events, um, not just having a target time from a friend to beat, but actually being able to see their ghost as you play, ups the intensity to the nth degree because mm-hmm. you can see on a run exactly where they are gaining seconds on you and where you are gaining seconds on them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not just some ambiguous finish line that you're trying to cost uh, cross. It is every second of that race you are getting immediate feedback on on how you are doing. So, uh, I mean, like, like I said, I need to shut up about this game, but so, so good in the multiplayer department. And it's, it has no live multiplayer mode. And that's the thing that blows my mind is this is the best multiplayer game I've played. Uh, there, I said it, I guess. Um, (laughs) and there's, there's no live, it's all asynchronous. Like there is no live multiplayer. So So you can't say like, I want to go down this hill at the same time as you, let's see who gets to the bottom first. No, well, I, no, I don't think so. I, the, you can set up custom events where you and a bunch of friends can all play at the same time, but I, I don't know, you know, how that's different. I haven't done one of those yet. So, huh. Dennis, go figure. Have you ever, have you ever played Ten Eighty? Ten Eighty is that another yeah. snowboarding game? Oh, that's different. Yeah. Back a ways. It's it was for the N sixty four. No, I've played Cool Borders, um, <laughs> albeit very briefly. Cool. You ever played that, Eddie? Oh, yeah, I have. Um, this was this super hard to control, like really hard to stay on your feet. Okay, yeah. Um, because what you're describing sounds a lot like this video game, where like the tough bosses that you have to beat in the snowboarding are, are physical things that go through the map with you, and you have to try and beat them. So especially when you're coming up to the finish line, where you know you can either be gaining on them, but you know maybe not enough. You know, yeah. So I understand what you're saying. You should. Well, you don't have to go back and play it. But <laughs> honestly, this the snowboarding genre is probably the one I'll call it extreme sport game that I that I really feel like I get. You know, Tony Hawk's is just I can't I can't figure it out. I I can't do it. But uh, and the same thing for any other extreme sports game that I've tried. Dave Mira's BMX I think is another one. Well, that's going a ways back, but um, <laughs> the SSX I feel like is is up my alley for some reason that that eludes me. And that genre is deader than disco, the the quote unquote extreme sports thing, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not it's it, not a it's... thing anymore. No. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Don't you have a Tony Hawk's ride peripheral in your living room? Every day, every day. It's how it's how it's how I get my core exercise done. No, yeah, uh... <laughs> ride. Well, it's um, my downstairs neighbor hates it. No, it's um, <laughs> no, it's just uh, I mean, really, I mean, Tony Hawk. The the only good thing that that that's that's happening with that is the uh, the HD remake that's coming out later this year. In fact, I need to see when that's coming out because I'm kind of excited about that. But yeah, that that'll be good because that but goes back to one and two. Yeah, that's the, that's for nostalgia's sake, but they're not putting the you know, the original music in. So, what good mm, is it? What yeah, good is it? 
They don't have police trucks. Do, no, police truck. What they, they need to do it. is allow allow for um, custom tracks, and then you can just load up all the all the original music. I need to listen to Superman by Goldfinger. Get my ska on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what was the better, second better one? Better times. Simpler times. Simpler times. Second one. Uh, second one was Rayman Origins, also a game that I've talked about on this show. <laughs> um, I to, to use Ben's phrase from earlier, I knuckled down or I buckled down and, and finally beat that. Um, the last time I talked about it, I think I said that the, uh, the final levels just got uh, irresponsibly hard <laughs> and, uh, like it was, it just got to the point where it was annoying and, and I really kind of walked away from it for a while, but, um, came back to it and, uh, and beat it. Uh, and so it, it feels really wrong to complain about the story in this game. <laughs> Like basically, I mean, Cole, you you played the beginning and you saw the opening cutscene, and that that's like the only story there is to this game. Yeah. But when you get to the end, yeah, the, the final level is is properly epic, and you like fight your way through a, a bunch of the uh, like mecha versions of a bunch of the bosses that you've beaten earlier in the game, and like it's it's really cool and it's fun. But then the closing cutscene just it feels like a blown punchline. Like, you know, there's, there's not that much depth there. Yeah. It's really, it's just kind of making a joke. And I, I see what I saw, what they were trying to do with it. Like I, I saw that. And I was like, Oh yeah, that idea is kind of funny, but in execution, it was just so not on par with the rest of the game. And it, it felt, I, I mean, I guess this is, this is the theme of the episode, but it felt <laughs> like an anti-climax. You know, I, I was not <laughs> I was not satisfied with the ending, um, which sounds so stupid when you think about what kind of game this is and and how the real value is in the platforming uh, and in the in the actual playing of the game. And and if there's any game that's not focused on story, it's this one. Mm-hmm. But like I say, it's like a blown punchline. You know that there was an opportunity there that they messed up. I feel like, uh, and I. I don't know if it's wrong for me to go into any more detail than that, but I, I'll say that there was there's an opportunity to do something cute and funny, and it feels like they they tried but like tripped over their words, you know, mm. halfway through it and just didn't really execute it that well, and that's that's sad. But overall, this game is is still great, and we went we went straight back in because um, I've, I've done this entire thing two player with my wife. <laughs> we went straight back in to uh, trying to earn trophies and complete medallions for the level and do. <laughs> Do all that high score crap that uh, that causes fights. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of you, speaking so of irresponsible, fun. are you trying to are you trying to convert your wife into a trophy whore? Uh, yeah, that is pretty irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, I'm just gonna say, it, don't, don't don't bring don't bring your trophy fever over to her. Keep that contained. I think it's too late because if if you go down the the trophy list for Rayman Origins, she will be able to tell you each and every trophy that she is responsible for versus <laughs> the ones that I've heard. <laughs> so she'd be like, yeah, that one, the Piranha one, that one was me. You did nothing for that. <laughs> you get no credit. That's right. That's my trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should, be on, so, should be on my account. Yeah, so it, I think it, that, that transition might have already happened and uh, – I'll just have to live with the consequences of that, but uh, <laughs> but so yeah, I, I mean overall a great game. The ending was a little bit of a a whoopsie, um, but you know that doesn't get in the way of of hopping right back in to do all that addicting stuff. And now now I feel like um you know whereas the game was so great in that you could get through a level just kind of messing around and trial and error and and kind of groping your way through it. Uh, now it really takes uh, focus and and I don't know if I'd say practice, but really kind of a, a sharp, sharp reflexes to uh, to get through a level in a way that'll earn you enough looms, or that'll that'll get you through it fast enough to get those delicious, delicious, wonderful trophies. Yeah. And then the final game, <laughs> which I've been, I've been trying to repress ever since I started playing it. Um, oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to hear what you think about this. Oh gosh, I, I started playing uh, Silent Hill Three. Uh, inspired by by Watch Out for Fireballs, um, Cole's other podcast, uh, one of his other podcasts, and uh, I've I've had this game in my drawer uh, for the longest time, and uh, I think I bought it literally months ago, um, 
and it was no, it was it was before Christmas. I know for a fact it was before Christmas. Uh, and so I bought this so long ago and just never never played it. It's kind of been sitting there, kind of staring at me every time I I open my drawer of games. And so finally, I, I was just like, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to go back in and started playing it. And I'll be damned if that wasn't the worst decision I ever made. Like, not because the game is bad. The game is freaking awesome. But like, I can't sleep now. <laughs> Success. It's, oh my gosh. Like, I, I, uh, so yeah, I'm not very far into it. I've, I've I'm kind of, uh, a couple of puzzles into the the uh, dark version of the mall, which is that first area. Yeah, and I think with the Silent Hill games, you you kind of have this this trope where you you go through an area regular, which is creepy enough. Yeah, uh, and then you go through it in the dark version, which is filled with monsters and even scarier. Uh, so I've been puzzling my way through the dark version of the first area. Yeah, and the first thing that just jumps out at me is. If I could play this game on mute, I don't think it would be half as scary <laughs> oh. as it is. The sound, like Just, the sound design, is so good. Uh, oh my god, it's it's custom designed to like just play on all the things that I'm terrified of, and and nothing in this game sounds normal. Like <laughs> everything is scary to the point where I, you know, in the in the intro uh, level, I guess you can call it. Um, the first time I checked a locked door, uh, it does this kind of rattle. Um, that made me no, no, no. It was it was a uh, it was like a fence. Yeah. Uh, facing back in, it, it does like a, a rattle, and that that made me jump. Like <laughs> the sound that I'm going to hear thousands of times throughout this game, I, I'm sure, because um, Silent Hill is a, a very scary door checking simulator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you have a system? I forget. Do you do you do you have a um or, or are you just going through TV speakers? Um no, I have TV speakers. I've actually been looking at um a sound bar. Okay. And uh and that's that's a purchase I think we're close to making, but mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know if I want to do that to myself. <laughs> yes, you do. It's so great. Like they 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 do a really a really good modicum of directional sound um on the uh, for, oh. for for being on the PS2. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's, and, really, it's and real for, good. Yeah, so I mean, everything about this game is scary. Uh, well, except for the monster design, and it feels <laughs> weird to say that. Like, this game is so scary, but to the point where the the monsters in Silent Hill, which is the only other game in this series that I've played, um, Silent Hill Two, sorry, um, to the point where the monsters in Silent Hill Two are all incredibly creepy and very scary, and all play around the same theme um, very well. These monsters in Silent Hill 3 feel non-sequitur. Like they just they don't feel like they go together. You know, one is one is like your um Resident Evil style uh zombie dog thing. The other is like this I don't even it's like a series of tree trunks glued together. Yeah, the, the um, it's called the closer. It uh yeah, it's like a it's like a big walking ham. Yeah, it's like a big walking ham, but and maybe this is my bias towards next gen graphics, but it really it just kind of looks like this weird piece together thing that it, it looks more weird than than scary, mm-hmm. uh, which is it, you know it would be a knock against the game except for the environments are the true um, horrific pieces in this yeah. game. Yeah, uh, and then there's the little like half a dinosaur enemy. Mm-hmm. And those are the three that I've seen so far. And that, that little thing is just kind of pathetic rather than being necessarily scary. Yeah. Which that could be intentional. Um, my initial thought was that the, the game was going to be kind of themed around these – it's almost like a toys gone wrong kind of theme. But it in, in the, the little pathetic guy kind of fits into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some sort of stuffed animal that's, that's horribly, horribly yeah. gone wrong. But, you know, so – they just haven't wowed me in the way that that Silent Hill Two has. I mean, there 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 are a lot of things that Silent Hill Two does a lot better than than the other games in the series. But I think the thing that it does the the thing that it rocks more is the is is the enemy design. Honestly, like there there's there's nothing else in the series that that compares. Like maybe maybe when you get into like Shattered Memories and things start you know reflecting you personally. 
um, <laughs> the, 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 then it starts being a little bit different, but even then it's only one kind, it's only one, one kind of enemy. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the monsters in, si- in Silent Hill 3 are kind of a joke, except for one specific one, um, that you will encounter later. And oh, I can't wait until you do. Oh, it's going to be so good. Go <laughs> ahead, Ben. I was going to say, gonna say the one that looks like trunks attached together, notice the arms of that, of that monster next time you play it. Notice the what? The arms. The arms. The arms. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to pay attention. I, like to this point, I've only noticed them being kind of big, and they punch me with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. So I'll have to, I'll have to pay more attention. But honestly, that I mean, maybe that says something. They're functional. They scare me, um, because I haven't spent the, the time to look at them very closely. Um, and and usually in in this kind of game. I'm very methodical about the way I move through a map and I check every door as I go along and kind of cross out areas as I go with this one. When I hit a new area and there's monsters in it, I'm just running and, and checking doors at random. Like I get as far away from the monsters as I can and the closest door, uh, you know, that's available. I'm like, please let me out of here. <laughs> so, um, the, you know, the monsters are functional. They, they, they got me running away and, 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 and away from my kind of methodical, uh, stance. So, uh, but yeah, they, they just didn't wow me in the same way. Um, what else, what else can I say about this game? Um, to the point that I'm in right now, it's, it's much better voice acted. Uh, the voice acting is, is very good. Um, mm-hmm. whereas Silent Hill 2 is a little bit, uh, forced. Uh, this one, this one, they, they definitely stepped it up. So I, I appreciate that. I, I was not a fan of them kind of starting with starting in the nightmare world of the amusement park. Um, and then kind of you, uh, waking up and it was just a dream. That's a callback. Uh, Honestly, that's a callback to the, uh, to the first one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And if you haven't played Silent Hill one, you're actually at a marked disadvantage going into Silent Hill three. I have not played Silent Hill one. Yeah. uh, This, this is a direct sequel to that. Really? Interesting. Are the characters the same or? No, no, but they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a direct sequel. It, it, it follows the the cult storyline of uh, of Silent Hill one. Okay, yeah, I've I've gotten far enough that I've had some allusions to some kind of you know she's she's the chosen one she has to remember and forget and change and you know it's all this weird stuff. Which going back to the sound design, once you start hearing this like cult chanting uh, in the background <laughs> after you meet the, I think her name is like Claudia or something like yeah. that, creepy creepy lady for the first time, like it's it's just terrifying. Um, so I've been, I've been trying to play the game as, as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, in the dark with all the lights off and the sound up, which is the way I played Silent Hill 2. And, uh, for anyone, for anyone who, who's thinking about getting into this kind of game, like I, I distinctly do not like horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. so I would not count myself a fan of the genre. Uh, and yet there's, there's just something to be said about, um, experiencing it in, in game form that that's just a whole different level. So, I would encourage people if if it's something where you've been saying it's not my cup of tea, um, give it a try because I, I definitely don't count myself among the typical audience that would enjoy this, and it, yet it's it's great. So that's so weird because I'm the same way. I, I I actively dislike the majority of the horror movies that exist out there, um, but survival horror is easily my favorite genre of games. So. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Have, have you played three, Ben? I know that you're a yeah. fan of the series. Yes, you have. Yeah. Okay. Would, would you would you echo my my sentiment that playing one is necessary to have played three? It makes three more meaningful. Okay. If I let me ask this because I, I I don't know that I have the time to invest in in playing a whole game. If I go on to YouTube and watch kind of a, a video synopsis of one, would that serve my purposes? No, no, no. And nothing, nothing can really be playing the game. If it's a matter of money, I'll lend you. I'll, I'll lend you Silent Hill One. That's fine. Yeah, it's a it's a matter of time. Is it's the a, problem? It's a, it's a seven hour game. It's a seven hour game that'll give you more perspective on this awesome thing you're playing. I would also share <laughs> Cold Settlement, where I think it'd be better for you to play Silent Hill One first. I, I mean, I, I I completely understand where you're coming from on that. I I do. But this is an intervention. Mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Silent Hill 1 on the PS1? Uh, yeah, it's a PS1 game. So you can play it on your PS3. Like, I mean, you, you can you can download it on the PSN for like six bucks. 
It's not a, okay. it's not, it's not an expensive game anymore now that it, now that it's there. But, uh, I, I would, I would say that, and so it's so weird because there, there, there are so few games, you know, it's, it's not a, a series that does continuity well, you know, that it shares themes between, no, between yeah. everything. But, but this is just that one instance where it becomes like a thing, you know? So like going, th- but going through and watching the cutscenes would not help me. I'm kind of confused by that, but I, I accept your, your, uh, your vote there. And knowing that you will be in the town, in town, uh, in the near future, I'm, I'm willing to check it yeah. out. It's kind of like this. If say there's a sequel to Silent Hill 2, which sure is, um, and one of your friends was playing it. Would you tell them to just watch videos of Silent Hill 2, or would you make them sit down and play it? Okay, now I understand. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a very apt way of putting it. Okay, was, yeah, that makes sense. Were, were you were you tilting were you tilting your hand as a uh, as a Silent Hill lore buff by saying that there is a Silent Hill 2 sequel? I said I was talking about there. Yeah. Okay, so so we so we know that Silent Hill 4 is is a sequel to Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Because I wanted to, give, I wanted to give you. Is four the room? Yes, four is the room. Okay. Yes, I cannot lend that to you because I, I, it's on Xbox, and you do not own Xbox. You can you can buy it for PS2, but yeah, I I, I own a Wii now, so that means yeah. that there's a whole library of wonderful games opened up to me. <laughs> there there is, except you've already you've already played the most of them. Yeah, I've played all three of them. Well, except for Zelda, I. I have never been able to get myself into Zelda. Like yeah. I, I don't know why. I've tried starting with more modern entries. I've tried starting with like the very first entry. Um, I've done like several GBA attempts, and just nothing. Nothing sticks, and I don't know why. Hmm. Play. Uh, I think I'm just destined to to not like Zelda. Play a link to the past. Not not a link to the past. Play play Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. That's one okay, on the I Game Boy. That's one on the Game Boy. That's that's what got me into the series. Again, I was I was eight, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> very that, that that could be a large reason to why yeah. um, I don't feel the same nostalgia about many Nintendo properties that that most people do is I I don't have that connection to it. Yeah, I, I would I would say that Silent Hill Three like is I mean it's not the best experience in the in in the series, but it's the mm-hmm. scariest, and I would say it's the best game in the series. Would would would, would you would you agree with that, Ben? If I were forced to, I would probably say two, three, one. <laughs> but but maybe two, one, three. It's uh, it's tough. I don't know. It is tough. And guys, I I want to just give you some perspective as to how in the in this in my headspace this game is. Um, our neighbors have dogs, and one of their larger ones just started barking outside the window. <laughs> and I, you know, I hear that every time I podcast from this room. It's it's the closest in our house to our neighbor's yard. I jumped in my chair just now. <laughs> are you are you oh are you gosh. playing are you playing this one with the uh, with the wife? Oh God, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think. I, I don't know. I've I've never tried watching anyone play Silent Hill before. I've, I remember tremendously enjoying watching someone play uh, Resident Evil, uh, and and that was a ton of fun. I don't I don't know how much fun it would be to watch Silent Hill. Mm, I think it'd be pretty fun bring her in I'd, I'd like to i'd like to hear her opinion oh my gosh I, I don't she is even less in the horror camp that i am so it would yeah. be it would be a tough sell although I, I will say i've gone straight from playing silent hill 3 to playing rayman origins before <laughs> <laughs> that is the most jarring like juxtaposed um set of games a very that ab- you can possibly play. a very abrupt tonal shift <laughs> yeah yeah you know the the screams of the deceased to singing cartoon bubbles, uh, <laughs> slightly different, just a little, just bit. barely. Um. So, do we want to do a what's on our mind? Sure. I I know I have one thing on my on my mind in particular. Okay, go ahead. Um. It's it's been all over the internet that uh, basically Sony uh, is is really putting stock into what their their i guess fans say what their what their customers say in terms of how they should innovate next on on ps3 uh they just released uh i believe amazon's like screen streaming video service damn it you stole uh, to mine. be accessed mm, okay. uh-huh. to so they they <laughs> we'll share it we'll share it we can share we're nice people um but they you know they they released this video streaming service on ps3 um, and when asked like what, where they were going to go next, 
they essentially said, well, we're really just listening to our fans to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know to what extent I believe that, but I think it says something, the amount of buzz that them saying that has generated. Really? Yeah. Like uh, people must be really hungry for companies to to be listening. If uh, If Sony just saying like, hey, yeah, you tell us. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, Sony's the best! Give them all the prizes." Right. Um, Man, you know what I want mm-hmm. to know that my credit card won't get stolen. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was a cheap That's... that was a cheap shot. Um, oh, that's man. a fair shot, man. <laughs> but I, but, but I did it. I've got though, my have... I've got my credit card information in there. That's, I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah, man, that makes uh, that makes Amazon Prime. I mean, now that I'm a, a grown a grown ass man, you know, with with an income, I can afford Amazon Prime and you know to buy things on Amazon. Um, and I'm not beholden to getting my video games from any particular one place now, uh, due to my ceasing employment at that particular place. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to uh, the, the seeing this news was like, yep, I'm going to get Amazon Prime because I can I can like watch stuff for free. Like they have some really really good stuff on the Amazon Prime streaming stuff. So that that, that is a do they uh, have stuff. Oh, go ahead. No, no, like like they say they have stuff for free, so it's like a secondary Netflix, except with like more more current movies. Okay, that's what I was going to ask if they have good stuff and different stuff than Netflix. Yeah, good stuff, different stuff, different content deals. Um, and uh, they if, if you if you're not like an Apple TV person, um, like Amazon has like generally better deals on TV, so you can get like episodes of The Wire for like a buck a piece, something like that. Hmm. So now I have no nice. excuse, Ben. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that, yeah, that's a, that's, that, that's a good one. Um, so, so like, is there a, is there a prevailing like theory? Is there, a, is there a voice rising above the rest as to what they're going to bring to the platform next? Or is this stuff that they're waiting for on, uh, you know, just waiting for, for the, uh, PlayStation four or whatever. I, honestly, I think that a, a big, if I were to look at what fans are asking for, um, I feel like they've been asking for this since the beginning, but like in-game chat <laughs> is something that seems like they should be able to do and haven't. So yeah, party chat, in-game chat. I I would yeah I would love to see them, and they've made so many improvements. If you look at where the that whole system and the cross media bar was when PlayStation Three came out versus where it is now, they have improved it a lot. It seems like that would be the next step to improving it. They're different systems now. They're unrecognizable. I was going to say, I mean, the PS3 has made leaps and bounds beyond, but the Xbox has too, just in functionality mm-hmm. and the way that it works. So it's it's hard to it's hard to declare a winner as far as most improved. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I'd want on it. I mean, I just I'd, I just I, I like to play games and you know just uh, this whole vying to be the the, the centerpiece of my vying to be the centerpiece of my uh of my living room you know i up and up until you know up until like saturday i will have never had my own living room so like that isn't that isn't like relevant <laughs> to me so <laughs> you know so these these extraneous features really just you know make it so that i can play games with my friends that's uh, that's really all that i want how about you ben what's on your mind uh because like you, my PS3 has been hacked away for some time now. And so uh, I haven't been keeping up with a whole lot of video game news outside of today. I heard about how they had announced uh, new consoles. I had heard about the Xbox 720. Or, yeah, um, but I hadn't heard any of the details outside of the fact that they had been announced. So, right, like an announced or like like really solid rumors. I guess really solid rumors. Um, but I guess one rumor I heard was that with the next generation of consoles, it'll be completely uh, uh, online distribution, like no more physical copies of the games anymore. Um, I've heard, you know, something along those lines. This is this is a, something that is uh, prevailing, honestly. As a, you know, yeah, in, I mean, in, in general, as as like one of the more persistent things, I haven't heard exclu- exclusively though. Is 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 that what you heard? Like they just say you won't be able to go to a store and buy a game. Yeah, which would not surprise me because I mean, right now as it is, game developers are trying their darndest uh, to make you buy the game already uh, to buy it new. So it seems like if they did that, that would be a plus for game developers. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Like that. That one's persistent. And then there's also the. Uh, there's also the. You can buy the disc, but it won't. Like it'll be linked to your to, to your system, or to your account. That that's one that I've heard too, especially yeah. in regards to the new to the new PS uh, to the new PlayStation. That 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 it will be hard linked to your uh, to your PSN account. Yeah, honestly, I don't. I mean, I don't mind the online distribution. So long as they have a secure way for you to buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I have not seen it. I've just, it's not, it's not a thing. You just, uh, there's no, uh, man, it'd be awesome if there was like a, just a, I don't know. It sucks that like in order, in order to be entirely secure, you have to go and buy the, 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 the cards and enter that in. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there, 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 there are a lot of reasons why, why, why like, that being the exclusive way that you're going to get games, it's 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 not going to happen, you know, like ex- exclusively or re- reasons why it's like unfeasible. Even though I would I would prefer that, you know, despite the fact that I have a massive uh, a massive amount of physical games that I you know that I hoard and own, um, it's just that like broadband internet isn't isn't like they're like the penetration is so like nil in America right now. There's like it's, just, it's the worst. Like nobody has fat pipes, you know. That and you know all of these internet service providers are moving towards um, they're moving towards capped downloads, right? Yeah, it was just crazy. So, like you know, if you're going to download, like what, like what's a what's a what's a Blu-ray? Twenty-five gigs? Yes, no game has twenty-five gigs worth of content on it. Most most of the time, they just stripe it over and over again so that they, uh, you, you know, so that they don't have to you know, read the disc for as long, but, uh, you know, you're down, you're downloading four or five gigs at a pop. Just talk to somebody from Australia, you know, talk to somebody from Australia and ask them about broadband caps and about how much it costs them to, you know, to, you know, it's like, yes, there's the retail price of the game as I buy it on steam, but also, you know, the, the $10 that I have to pay for my overages. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've read I've read these two. It seems persistent. Th- th- those rumors were extending back to the uh, to the PlayStation Three, though. They were talking about uh, with with with, uh, with Blu-rays the fact that there was going to be a writable portion on the disc because nobody knew what a Blu-ray Blu-ray was. They're saying, oh, there's going to be a writable portion on the disc, and the first time you put it into that system, it's going to be marked with the serial number of that system, and it will only work on that. Yeah, I think there are too many legitimate reasons for a game to be changing hands for them to really be able to solve the problem in yeah. the way that they want. And and really, unless they could promise me that every game that I bought would work in perpetuity forever, and I would always have access to it, and oh, how about this? I would always be able to download, uh, you know, just like this this rare game that nobody bought, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to like you know going onto Amazon or eBay, just kind of like you know going back and looking for like which particular store in my area is carrying this, you know. I don't, I don't know that, that 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 is a that is a useful purpose that games serve or that use games serve and i'm and i'm mm-hmm. mr you know let's give money to publishers but you know mm-hmm. or let's give money to, de- to developers rather hmm well do you want to know what's on my mind what's on your mind cole hd remakes or more remakes Woo-hoo! any of these yeah yeah <laughs> to hell Which with one? it <laughs> to, to hell with uh, with uh, with original content. No, um, they're going to be doing uh, enhanced versions of the Baldur's Gate games. Oh, okay. yeah. So the the, the Baldur's Gate, Gate Gate games for the uh, for the PC. Um, I have never I've never played them uh, just because they've been very difficult to get a hold of. Um, you know the earliest Bioware games. That's what, you know, that, that, that's what these are, um, based on the uh, the second edition Dungeons and Dragons rules and the uh, Forgotten Realms. Uh, setting. Uh, there's a company that is going to be uh, taking these out. Uh, Overhaul Games is what they're called. They specialize in doing these kind of enhanced editions. They did they did the uh, the MDK2 HD version, um, and they're going to be releasing an enhanced version of Baldur's Gate for uh, the PC, Mac, and the iPad uh, this summer. And then Baldur's Gate 2 is uh, soon to follow. Um, I'm really excited about these because uh, I've I've been interested in in playing them ever since I played uh, Neverwinter Nights. You know, going back to see what Bioware you know where Bioware started is uh, is going to be is going to be fun. Um, so I will I will look forward. Even though I've already purchased these on good old games, I will buy them again in their uh, HD glory. I'm not sure to what extent they're redoing the graphics or anything, but uh, you know, it'll be fun to play it on an iPad. That'd be nice. It'll make cool. a lot of sense. That could be cool. 
I have a question. Okay. Did you beat Mass Effect 3? No, no, I have not. Um, uh, that that that's one of those games that has 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 suffered for being in a box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, J Dubs, you know. <laughs> What's that? I said J Dubs, you know. <laughs> Just wondering. Okay. So that was episode number 148 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. We're coming up on the 150 here pretty soon. I've got to think of something to do for that. Uh, but in the meantime, what you can do is uh, you can go to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. You can also check out duckfeed.tv and do a search there for any games that uh, you like. See if we liked them. See if we talked about them. See what we thought. Uh, our, our backlog is illustrious. Not the backlog of games that we need to play. <laughs> mine is illustrious. Your, your guys's are, are not as illustrious as mine. Uh, but the backlog of shows that we have here. Uh, we try to keep them evergreen. We try to keep them timeless. We try to keep them entertaining. So go ahead and hit that up there. And uh, most of all, tell a friend, if you have a friend who likes video games too, to say, hey, don't listen to those uh, to those professional podcasters. Listen to these guys. They're not being paid off. You know, they're not, they, they don't have industry connections. They don't have qualifications. They just have a good time. And so will you. Yeah. <laughs> and if I, sorry, if I can interject, I, I listen to a bunch of other video game podcasts, and that is actually one of the most annoying things about some of the bigger ones is like, they are so like, oh yeah, I was talking to the PR person, head PR person at Sony who kisses my boots every morning. And <laughs> it's like, you know, at one point it's kind of cool to, to hear about that, but they're so out of touch with what the normal gamer does. So we're keeping it real. Yeah. If you're going to listen to any, any other big, you know, any, any big video game podcast, listen to video games, hot dog. That's my recommendation for you. Listen to us, listen to watch out for fireballs and listen to video games, hot dog. Those guys are good. They're real down to earth. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are, those are all things that you can do. Um, so let's, uh, oh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am Cole Ross. I'm at Cole Ross, K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. You, uh, Dennis? I am at D-Furia. That's at D-F-U-R-I-A. And Ben, you are? At Merkelizer. Yeah. Spelled like it sounds. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, you're about due for your six month toot. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah. (laughs) okay so for stand under the don't tree and riddle me this this has been cole ross this is dennis furia and a muffled ben merkel (laughs) and a muffled ben (laughs) merkel Uh, (laughs) thank you so much for listening we love you